same old trouble villains always knocking at the door pretty pictures on the page but nothing ever stays the same thank you vandello and welcome once again to graphically novel my name is josh wasta aka fallout fury and with me is the family death that just keeps happening in Disney movies. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> I love, and again, I love that there's always the sigh. <sighs> it's fair. I don't know if that's like a satisfied sigh or an exasperated sigh. Just, you've, you've, satis- come to, you've come to expect it. Sigh. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you satisfy and exacerbate me. Ooh, sounds dirty. <laughs> and with us. For the last time this season, yep. an ultimate episode. An ultimate. We have one I, more. I, I, am, I am off. I apologize. But again, the lovely and talented, the Baronessa, Miss Jennifer Howland. Thank you, Bear. I'm very happy to be here. And it is my pleasure this season, once more, to introduce our guests. And we are delighted to have with us Elise. Thank you for joining us. Hello, I'm here, I'm queer, I'm excited to be here. Yay! Coming to <laughs> us directly from San Francisco. Yes. Yeah, that's my home. I- I've seen Baymax, he's pretty cool. Nice. Do you, did you give him a fist bump? I gave him a fist bump and a hug. What kind of monster oh. do you think I am? That's Jen's favorite part. That's the fa- my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> I am not fast. Especially, especially, uh, especially when Baymax does it to the butler. Yeah. That's she. Um. You have to pause the movie because she's giggling so much. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, uh, before Elise, we get to your grand introduction onto the graphically novel stage. This season, we are doing something special where every episode, one of us comes up with a drink. This is the first time, I believe, that a drink has been whole cloth invented for this show. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm, I'm scared, Dave. Oh, no. I dream? So, I have, a, me. I have a moment <laughs> in the kitchen, so I'll bring him out. Hold on one moment. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, you're going to have fun. Yeah, well, and you know what I've eaten today? Hmm. A single fig. Oh, well, oh, you're going to have fun. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Crap. You guys want to describe what you're seeing in front of you? There's this a looks marshmallow like, in that. There, there's a mar- it looks like an ice cream sundae with whipped cream and sprinkles. Okay, that actually looks great. There is there is chocolate drizzled inside of the glass, dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a marshmallow for garnish. Uh, marshmallow, I like marshmallow. There is a, uh, a specifically a oh, paper sweet. straw. Mm-hmm. Gotta save them toidles. 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 See, and that just reminds me of the whole straw thing. And I, I, like, if they give me paper straws, I'm fine. Yeah, whatever. Ah, wait, we need what, to switch. What? What do we, we need to switch? What did we switch? Because I forgot which one of these. <laughs> this is. Does this taste more like uh, cashew? Yeah. Mm, there you go. One of them had cashew Woo-hoo! milk. I get another mar- marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this drink, if you would like to make it at home, I've called the Baymax. And, uh, I had to go all the way back to my bartending days. Uh, it is a take on a white Russian. So it is double chocolate vodka, uh, right. Frangelico, uh-huh. and then fill with, in U2's case, it was uh, fat-free half and half. In my case, it was cashew milk. How is fat-free half and half a thing? Apparently it's a thing. Just saying. Hmm. Uh, I'm confused. I am too. Half and half being half whole milk and right. half heavy cream. cream. <laughs> Cashews don't have a nipple. Mm. 
Well, show me the tit on a cashew. Right. right. I, I'm not going to show you any nuts after that episode where you almost killed yourself. That was yeah. the last episode. I almost died. Okay. Well, I'm not. I'm not mad about this. I didn't figure you would be, except oh, I, the part where you're on a diet. Yeah. Oh, well, for a, for the, a second, I thought you were saying I'm not mad about you almost dying. I'm like, whoa, this got. <laughs> <laughs> um, just it give it a, dark. Give it a little more <laughs> into the episode. I'm yeah. sure it'll come up. Uh, but and then top with whipped cream. I had to go to two different hy-vees to find just your rainbow sprinkles. That's all I wanted was rainbow sprinkles. And Crazy. You can get like each individual color, and then you can get like the mega pack that I'm never going to use, where like the rainbow sprinkles are a little part. Anyway, and then a marshmallow on top instead of a cherry. So there, there you go. The There's Baymax. our Baymax. I like it. Ba la 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 la. Ba la la. All right. So uh, Elise, first time on the show, uh, all the way. Like I said, from uh, San Francisco. That's how you say it. San Francisco. Uh, what is your history with comics? Uh, you know, are they a daily part of your life? When did you come into them? And what were some of your earlier comics? And what are some that you're reading today? So I remember uh, a while, while, while back, uh, I first got started because I love, love, love Edgar Wright. So when he announced his Scott Pilgrim vs. the World movie, I was super interested. But I had never, like, I had read comics, like, when I would just get my hands on them. But I was never, like, a DC or Marvel or blah, blah, blah person. I was never that. So I grabbed all of the uh, the mangas. Are they mangas? Graphic novels? In that case, uh, Scott Pilgrim, I think, in that case, is an American manga. Yeah, I grabbed. Although them they all. don't read the same as a manga. I grabbed them all. Like I got them all for like super cheap, and uh, I read the first one. It was like cool. I'm gonna need to read these in like a week or two, and the movie comes out. And then it was like the day of the movie, and I was like, shit. Guess I gotta read these. So I sat down and like two hours before we left the movie, I read every single one. I just basically ripped them all apart and destroyed the books, basically, just to read all of them before we went to see the movie. Uh, we, have, we have talked several times on this show about reading books before uh, movies, and uh, I've mentioned that there are two books that I finished in the parking lot before seeing movies. One <laughs> was Interview with the Vampire, and the other was Jurassic Park. Oh, oh, that just seems wow. like a recipe for <laughs> disappointment. Yep. Interview with the Vampire, not so much. Jurassic Park, yes, because they cut out my favorite parts. Sorry, I cut you off, Elise. Please continue. No, you're fine. You're fine. Like, but, um, after that, I was like, this is cool. I'll do this again. And then later on, I heard about the, um, the uh, Kamala Khan. Uh, Ms. Marvel. Like, yeah. Yeah. I heard when when uh, she was being made, I was like, this looks really cool. I really want to read this. I really want to experience this. This looks awesome. But then um, I picked up the first one, loved it. And then um, the problem I had was I told some now ex-friends I wanted to get into more Marvel comics. And they were like, hell yeah, you should, leave, you should read this Marvel comic. I can't remember which it was. You would love it. It's great. You just have to read this, 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 this this, 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 in order to understand the plot. And I went, I'm good. That's way too much homework for me. Way too much role play. <laughs> Welcome to Graphically Novel, where that's pretty much our mission statement, is to, you like Do this the thing? homework for you. Yep. yep. You like this thing? Here's an entry to it. We'll tell you all about it. Yeah, I've 
recently gotten back into it via like um like i recently reread most of the walking dead uh, graphic novels i recently read through a couple other things they aren't a day-to-day -day part of my life but they are an enjoyment whenever i get to read them they are an enjoyment whenever i get to just like sit down and just hang out in this cool world with sometimes people who i want to die and other times it's with like my best friends who are just going on a little adventure awesome are there any uh, other than you said you were rereading Walking Dead, are there any current favorites that are on your shelf? Ooh, what's a good example? What's a good example? What's a good example? Um, probably Walking Dead is my current, just because it's such it's such a bleak world, and because of the current disaster fire world we live in, it's kind of nice to dip my toes into a world where I get to put it down and go, "Hey, my world sucks, but at least." For now, there isn't fucking zombies. <laughs> I'm glad you had a caveat there. Yeah. <laughs> but only for now. For now. Uh, yeah. So to go from uh, the bleakness of Walking Dead to the bright yellow sun that is Big Hero 6, probably <laughs> one of the happiest comics that we've ever done. Happiness, uh, happiest in quotes. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it does have its share of tragedy, but this is, I mean, this is pretty much your modern day like kids cartoon. I mean, right. you know. Uh, well, as a side note, I also just want to point out that you've obviously created the most interesting drink that we've had so far this season, because if you haven't noticed, Jen and I just sitting there like playing with the yep. the chocolate swirl <laughs> on the inside of our glass, trying to mix it in to the rest of the drink. Uh, so Sidetrack, sorry. <laughs> when we get into Big Hero 6, we should talk about what we read for it. And this is where I I give my co-host and, and wonderful friend a large apology. So Bear and I, for this, read the manga, um, which is by... Um, uh, let me make sure I pronounce this correctly. Haruki Ueno. Um, and it was released the same year as uh, Big Hero 6, the cartoon. Actually, one year before, 2013. Movie came out in 2014. So this is the predecessor. However, we work with both physical and digital formats for this show. Mm -hmm. um, and so the digital format that I gave to both Elise and that Jen read um, is actually the little kid's novelization of Big Hero 6. Directly from the movie? Yeah, which pretty, pretty much, much. So, so I had to read through this. Listen, okay, uh, let, let me let me <laughs> preface this by saying that I have not read any manga before this. Um, and this was the most frustrating read <laughs> that, I, we, uh, that I've done to date. For people um, who are not familiar with manga, you go from right to left when flipping the pages. You also read from right to left. You still go up to down, but you read from right to left. Yeah, it, it was frustrating because I, I would I would read probably four to six pages and then suddenly just start flipping back normally like I would through a, a normal book and then realize, wait a minute, I already read what's going on. Oh, damn it. And then I'd go back and I'd get another four to six pages and I'd do it again. And I did that through all, I don't know, 100 and what is it? Some, it's, like it's not a C. Yeah. 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 At least did you find the manga? pages. I did, because you linked it to me. Oh, excellent. So you actually read the manga? I did. Okay, so apparently I must have found the correct link at some point for the manga. So I'm the only person who hasn't read <laughs> the manga. I, I flipped through it. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's very manga-esque. 
Yes. Um, the artwork is very manga-esque. It is a very different style than we're used to on this show. But I did need to preface that by saying uh, that I, I did this to Bear, and, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're not. But I did. <laughs> Just I, admit it. You're I not read sorry. them both in order to try and make up for it so that we could discuss. Because there are... But the novelization didn't read like a manga, did it? No, no, no. no. Yeah, it also, it was electronic, so... Right. Would have been easier anyways. <laughs> Maybe I should have just done that from the get-go. <laughs> yeah, super frustrating. I, for, for this Western reader, was not was not kosher with having to you know flip backwards through my book it it, it was it, it really detracted from my enjoyment of the story i believe well if it makes you feel any better the actual basis for big hero six uh i decided not to go with entirely because it was absolutely nothing like what we know from disney at all um are either of you or any of the three of you familiar with the character of sunfire from the x-men uh, no no i mean you know, fair disclosure, you told me about it last right. night, yes. but I did not have previous knowledge. Elise, any any clue on Sunfire? No, let me just look it up so I can pretend to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sunfire is a Japanese mutant, uh, fires fire, and can fly. That's kind of his thing, right? Okay, uh, so he's another human torch. Kind of, except mutant. Um, also famous uh, for being a dick and basically going halfway through X-Men missions and then being like, I quit, and leaving. Like, yeah, he's a horrible character. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, in the late 90s, they decided that he needed his own series. Uh, and But nobody would pick up a series that was just... Sunfire, because nobody likes him. So they created Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6 was an established team at that point um, that hung out with Sunfire. And then, like, Sunfire ran Big Hero 6 for, like, a few issues and then fucked off to, to Taiwan or somewhere else. And then Big, Big Hero, Hero 6, 6 ran, their own thing. Yeah, like, for a year after that. Okay. So, but the characters are all very, very different. Um, so let me just read the description, um, because all of these people were identified by the Japanese government and kind of put into a team, kind of Suicide Squad style. Uh, and the first one they identified was 13-year-old boy genius Hiro Takachiho, which is our hero, uh, who had put his father's brain into a robot named Baymax. All right, so already way more interesting. Yes. Uh, Baymax was also uh, capable of transforming into a dragon. Uh, let's see. His mother was kidnapped by the Everwraith, which was the astral embodiment of all those killed in the 1945 nuclear attacks on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Okay. That's a villain Much in this darker. comic. Much darker than yes. the Disney movie. Yes. Yep. Uh, Silver Samurai is part of the team. Uh, an X-Men villain that was in The Wolverine. Yes. Uh, let's see. Who are some of the other characters? Gogo Tamago, uh, who was in... Gogo. Yep. Yeah. She transforms her body into an explosive ball of energy, which can be projected at vast speeds. Oh. Honey Lemon. Mm -hmm. uh, My baby. She has, she has the purse that gives her superpowers. Uh, let's see. And then... Fred. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Wasabi no Ginger. He is a trained chef who uses various swords to fight and also give form to his quiet energy, uh, materializing it as throwing knives that can paralyze opponents. Finally, Fredzilla. Fred, 
in the cartoon can basically transform himself into a Godzilla-like kaiju. Oh, okay. kaiju, kaiju, kaiju. Correct way to yeah. say that. Uh, all right. Very, very different comic. A, a, a Godzilla Ultraman. I'm down for the, just that character. Can we just do that character? Well, yes, please. Except, <laughs> except it's Fred, which we'll get into. I have issues. I, can, we, uh, can we do Ultraman? Um, Ultraman was a manga before it was a show, I believe. We'll have to check. We I have all, all of them. I know. <laughs> have you watched the new series yet? We tried. <clears throat> I uh -oh. tried. Uh oh, that face. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, it was not good. Um, so yeah, as you can see, uh, very different comic, uh, did not run very long, ran about a year, um, had a five-issue miniseries in 2008 that didn't do very well, so um, would have been a very different, I mean, I, I can't imagine recommending that to somebody that was like, I love Big Hero 6, we're like, okay, cool, here's where they fight all the souls of the people that died at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right. That's like, okay, you like Big Hero 6 the movie. Let me give you something that will depress you incredibly. <laughs> right. And has really very little to do with the movie that you love. Right. Yep. Yes. Uh, so that is why we went with the manga and then the, the novelization. Well, the novelization was a mistake. But that's why we went with the manga. Elise, what did you think of the manga? I liked it. I think it had a very, like, it's very, 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 very bright reading just the first few pages. It's very altruistic. It is exceedingly good. Like, it's exceedingly light. And I like also how they portray Hero in the manga as not being that from the get-go. Yeah, he uh, he's a teenage boy. And having, having had a moody teenager in the house, uh, this was a moody teenager, like, from mm. the beginning. Yeah, but he was not as terrible as some moody teenagers. Hero or? Hero. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Hero, the other thing that I don't think came across in Big Hero 6, the movie, um, that I think it actually could have borrowed from the manga is Hero is, I mean, he's a genius, but he also knows he's a genius and he knows he's smarter than everyone else. And he does not hide that fact from people. Yeah, I feel like they, I feel like there was some like very, very, very diluted inspiration from like your Sherlock Holmes, your house, your characters who are very, very much like I'm a genius. You need to shut up and listen to me. That yes. like mm -hmm. that no social graces. What? Yes. Again, super diluted. And I've always hated that trope with burning intensity. But in this, I could get it because it's a 13-year-old, again, 13-year-old then boy genius. Right. So, I mean, in, in Sherlock and all these other characters, they're basically it's it's a their genius also has emotional stunting their emotional growth is stunted mm -hmm. because of their genius in this emotional growth is stunted because he's fucking 13 years old right and all 13 year old boys are emotionally stunted right. all 13 year olds are emotionally right. stunted exactly especially when they deal with the trauma that hero did yes yes absolutely uh so bear uh we've heard your your issues reading it but what did you think of the actual story the actual story i I actually enjoyed. Um, I, I liked that it wasn't it wasn't just a novelization of the the Disney movie. Um, I, it was a good time. It was a fun ride. Uh, would I do it again? It, maybe if I was you know doing it in digital format, so I didn't have to try and flip backwards through the book. Right. Um, the thing that I 
enjoyed about the the manga is I could see where the basis for the movie came from. But then, as we've talked about before, this is not a case where I like the book more than the movie. This is a case where I can see where they got the inspiration um, for certain parts and beats, but what they did with them in the movie, I enjoyed a lot more. There are parts whole cloth in this that came into the movie like there there's the 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 entire part of the of baymax in the police station yeah with the <laughs> literally just with the, the with the tape thing yeah they put in there all of that was in there and that was a great move because it's a great scene right um and jen and i were actually talking last night we rewatched it and i had forgotten the beats in the movie where it is the laugh is that everything has slowed down and it's just like you know when he very slowly inflates his arm and like he's got three holes and then he very slowly puts tape yep. over the three holes i mean that whole bit takes like a minute right. but you're captivated for that minute cuz it's it's pretty funny yeah well because it's, it's classic comedic timing for yeah. physical comedy yeah. right. like you have to do it at that speed for that joke it, it to be. It reminds a joke. me a lot of like yeah. a like a WC Fields shooting pool, yeah. you know, where he's, he's and then he loses the end of his cue and he's like, uh, uh my, like is he is he gonna catch it? Is he gonna? Uh, all right. My my favorite example of like comedic timing was when uh, Hero and Baymax meet for the first time after uh, his brother unfortunately passes away, but um. It's when uh, Baymax comes over and he like hero backs into the wall like those little like balls start smacking on his head. Right. And yes. it's just how would you rate? How would you rate? How would you rate? How would you rate your pain? <laughs> and that yes. that felt like it was just ripped. That felt like someone just bought the manga, ripped the pages out, and threw it into the movie, and it mm -hmm. works really well because right. it's a nice, funny scene inside of a deeply traumatic moment. Well, and that that whole scene, I mean, because there's also uh, Baymax when he inflates. Now, by the way, uh, just a just a heads up, full spoilers on the movie. We do like we allude to things in the in the manga, but we're not going to talk about like major plot points that are different. We'll just say that there are some that are different. Um, but anyway, when when Baymax first inflates, he takes 45 seconds to move around the bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, a, a really slow scene, and then you have a little bit of interaction, and then you have that. How would you rate? How would you rate? Like as as you're you're dealing with this, but it is it is so funny because the rest of the movie is like is like flashing and fighting and, and mm -hmm. flying around, and and then you have these just really quiet really slow moments mm -hmm. yeah, yeah like think, you say physical comedy 100 mm -hmm. yeah. and i feel like in a movie as fast and as colorful and as just so many things going on as big hero six you really need that quiet time you need those slow moments to see baymax develop from basically just a physical and emotional care robot into this basically tony stark-esque suit of armor right mm -hmm. no absolutely yeah, so let's let's uh, let's jump into that because that, that was on that was on my notes as well. Uh, how intentional do you think the middle armor, the Tony Stark armor, was? Because that armor does not show up in the manga. He goes straight from Marshmallow to having the new, the, the end suit in the movie. That middle suit does not exist. Um, so it'll be wild speculation, but did it give you that thought back to Iron Man? Not yeah. really for me. Okay. Sorry, Elise. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, like, um, yes, but I feel like it's kind of impossible not to in the way of, like, a lot, and I mean a lot 
of people see the uh, the interpretations from like Vampire the Masquerade in vampire media. Iron Man is that when it comes to anything that has like a suit of armor or like a mech suit or anything like that, it's kind of impossible to not at least take inspiration from Iron Man. It's kind of impossible for someone who has like a shield and the shield is their weapon to not eventually be called Captain America. Right. It's so put into the medium that I feel like anyone who was reading that and knows who Tony Stark is was like, oh my God, an Iron Man suit. It's right. kind of impossible. It's not like they also comes it. from like the briefcase. Yeah. You yeah. Know, kind of thing. And yeah. 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 I feel like it was a very, even if it wasn't intentional, I still feel like it's a very nice nod to Iron Man. It's not like a full Right. Well, when we were re-watching the movie last night, mm-hmm. when the um, hero and Baymax go to rescue um, uh, Callahan's daughter, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, I completely forgot about the fact that that like almost direct tie to Ant-Man. Yes. That, you know, that sort of the inner verse, portal. small, portally, whatever sure. thing. Um, Which they never get into the science. So it yeah. absolutely yep. could be something going to the microverse because right. the microverse is also used, or is it the microverse? It's the I don't know. quantumverse. 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 Yeah. The, yeah. The, the quantum reality, the quantumverse. So, I mean, it, they don't explain how the teleportation works. So it could be utilizing the quantumverse. You don't know. Right. So, uh, speaking of our rewatch last night, I do want to bring something up, and uh, it is a little bit of a milestone. So, if we count our special episode, this is episode 36, 36 episodes that we've done, and this is the first time I've run into uh, a beginning, an introduction for my dear co-host Bear, where I thought of something too horrible to say. Oh, so now you got to say it? Well, now I'm, now I, I, no, I, I'm explaining because, uh, and to give you an idea of, of how horrible this is to me, uh, here are some examples of things that I've done in previous episodes <laughs> that I have called my dear friend of over 20 years, Bear. I've called him the Cancerverse. Yes. I've called him the door closing on my lifeline. Yeah. I've called him one bad day for over 20 years. I've called him... Yeah. Puberty for uh, Negasonic Teenage Jesus Warhead. Christ. <laughs> yeah. I, I have called him Dr. Doom, and probably the worst one before, for the one that I won't say, I did, in fact, one time refer to him as the AIDS epidemic. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you can tell there's a lot of love here, right? <laughs> well, and it started, it's just like a Dr. Doom, you know, to my, to my Reed Richards kind mm. of thing, and then it kind of evolved over 36 episodes. Yeah, a little bit. In watching Big Hero 6 last night, we haven't watched Big Hero 6 for years um, and decided we needed to watch it again. And I forgot that T.J. fucking Miller was in this movie and that he voiced Uh, Fred. Wow, you were going to go there, huh? Yeah, well, basically the one that I thought of was T.J. Miller to the things that I love. Because we've had to deal with fucking T.J. Miller in Deadpool (laughs) and Big Hero 6 now. So, so what you're saying is this would have also, if you would have actually said that at the beginning of the episode, this would have also been the first episode where you had a drink poured on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Um, as that's, we why, discussed, that's why he gave you the drink after the introduction. Uh, <laughs> uh, he still had a glass of wine in front of him. Sure. <laughs> it didn't have to be this drink. Yeah, he still had a glass of wine in front of him. Um, so... 
If you have not listened to our Deadpool episode, TJ Miller has been accused by many, many people of sexual assault over his time. Um, has yet to, uh, as far as I know, go to court for them. Um, but on this podcast, we do believe uh, women. Uh, and so he is a piece of shit that anything that I have a chance to watch is devalued. And I was very upset that he yeah. was in Big Hero 6. Yeah, we, I, we forgot. Yeah, especially once I realized. Once he first talked, I was like, fuck, Fred is TJ fucking Miller. Um, and it was hard, you know, from there on. It's the reason I have not yet watched uh, Cloverfield because I started to watch it and I was like, oh yeah, people have said this is good. And then I want to watch the other two. And then I realized that it's got TJ fucking Miller in it for like ever. And I have to look at his goddamn face. And I can't, I mean, I fast forward through his parts in, in Deadpool 1 because there aren't that many. Deadpool 2, he's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you could always watch, you know, just skip over Cloverfield, which wasn't really all that great anyways, and watch 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is a far superior movie. Okay, so I don't have to watch Cloverfield to watch 10 Cloverfield? No, ab- absolutely. You don't need to watch any of them to watch any of the rest of them. They're okay. all So what up. we're saying is we need someone to do deep fakes of all of the movies that T.J. Miller is in and change out his face and voice. Oh, yeah. Okay, so who would be a good... We just get like... Whole, Jonah, Pat, Pat Jonah and fucking Hill. Oswald. Just Pat, Pat Oswald, and Oswald sure. in everything that T.J. Miller has been in. Fake him in. At least you got pull. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that would be good. Who else? Who else would be good? Okay, focus, focus. Big Hero 6. <laughs> um, Big Hero 6 would be, would be a better... Would be a better... It's a better T.J. Miller... There, just just Baymax. Yeah, just anywhere that T.J. Miller shows up in a in a live action or cartoon, it's just Baymax. Just looking at the screen for however long he would talk. I like it. So, other Big Hero Six topics, opening it up to the floor. Um, well, that just made me think, and I didn't think to look before because I hadn't thought about it. Who did? voice Baymax. That is a question for the D. No, we do not call it that. <laughs> we call it IMDB because but, we are not Jason. <laughs> but we still love Jason. <laughs> and his voice guns. And his voice guns. Scott Adsit. Uh, he is uh, a mainstay of Chicago Second City. Oh, sweet. Oh, he was Pete Hornberger in 30 Rock. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I love his Baymax. Yeah. How would you rate fast. your pain? How would you rate your pain? <laughs> I am not fast. <laughs> he even came back to do Baymax in Kingdom Hearts 3. Wow. Which apparently there's a Big Hero 6 world that I didn't get to before I gave up on that game. Huh. That world is so good. That world Actually, is worth all of the game. Kingdom Hearts, okay, that just brings up the, the previous question of does the Big Hero 6, does the armor, uh, was that inspired by Iron Man? And I'm, I'm kind of thinking about it. It's like, are, are we just, are we putting the chicken before the egg with that argument in general? Like, just because Iron Man is currently in the zeitgeist of of, you know, American media, are we just calling everything where somebody puts on a suit of armor Iron Man inspired? Are we calling well, I, are I, we calling Goofy from Kingdom Hearts inspired by Captain America? I think that the the way they chose because in the manga it's there is no color. But the colors right. that were chosen for the movie for the middle suit. Because the, the end suit No the end suit or the end suit, not yeah. the middle suit. The, the middle end suit's suit blue. is very much tone. It's red. It's like the Tony Stark red and gold. I, I just look at it and go, well, how else would you, you know, upgrade somebody that's just a marshmallow? Like, <laughs> no, you have I'm, to put a shell over him somehow. Right. Yeah. But I, but I'm saying that they could have made other stylistic choices to make him blue. They could have made him any color. 
I mean, but they chose to make him red and gold. They also gave him wings. Yeah. Well, uh, Red gives you wings. No, no. What's the <laughs> name of the, uh, I have murder hawk on the brain. What was the, um, Tony Stark's friend who is the pilot? Happy? Oh, uh, Rhodey. Rhodey, who becomes War Machine. War Machine. War Machine has wings. Yeah. But it's Falcon. Yeah. It's Falcon. Yeah. Well, I also think that it's. I don't think. Have wings? I don't think War Machine has wings. Falcon has wings. Oh. War Machine okay. has guns or a gun, a big gun on his shoulder. Okay. So does Falcon. So does Falcon. But I also think it's, I guess it's dependent on how the interpretation goes, because like I said, pretty much almost all forms of vampire media has some kind of relation to like Vampire the Masquerade or Buffy or Lost Boys or anything that kind of like helped cement vampires into like our world. Right. Well, it, it reminds me of when, uh, when Underworld came out, uh, the first Underworld movie, um, White Wolf, uh, who do Vampire the Masquerade and Werewolf the Apocalypse were, were like talking about suing them because, well, vampires and werewolves fighting each other, that's kind of our thing, until Anne Rice popped up and said, you guys want to talk about vampires with humanity? And then they dropped the lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because this is sort of a chicken and egg conversation. Yeah, right. And, you know, Vampire the Masquerade drew on, as you just pointed out, a lot of media that existed before Vampire the Masquerade was even thought of right. um, or created. Right. Also, it, it illustrates that Anne Rice is a fucking baller. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> she lives in NOLA. She does live in, oh, she used to live in NOLA. I don't think she lives there anymore. Oh, that's sad. It yeah, is I sad. guess that's just my, my whole argument there is like, because Iron Man is so prevalent in, you know, cinematic and, and you know, media right now, Right. Are we just likening anything that puts on a suit of armor to Tony Stark? No. I think it has to be different enough. For example, would you ever call Blade of Van Helsing ripoff? But I, I understand your point. But my point is, I think this is Disney's way of trying to like find ways for Big Hero 6 to insert itself in the um, Marvel basically the just, to, just to point the kids yes. straight over to yes. the next well, thing or, they're going to spend their money on crossover yeah. somehow there's going to be something where those worlds collide oh i can see that yeah and jen were you saying yesterday that you had forgotten that this was a marvel property entirely yep, yep. i was i was saying that yesterday and you know who pointed it out alex yep <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and, and the foundation is pretty much Marvel because, like I said, it was a, it was a spinoff from a <laughs> not very well-liked X-Men character mm. uh, because they wanted to do more stuff in Japan. So, all right, Elise, you got any thoughts, any, uh, any questions for the panel? I guess for my thing is, is just, this is definitely probably one of the most like hopeful, altruistic, and like just genuinely good like mangas. I know y'all have read a lot of much, much, much weaker material. Is it in a way odd to go from something that has like shades of gray or is basically filled to the brim with like very, very evil characters like the boys <laughs> to something as light and heartfelt and just beautiful like Big Hero 6. I, I find it extremely interesting that you asked that because our original plan for this season was to go from light to dark. Mm -hmm. uh, Big Hero 6 was uh, yeah, Big Hero 6 was going to be originally the first episode uh, and then what will be our last episode, the one that we're recording next, Scott Pilgrim, was going to go from there 
and then we were going to keep going. And then I think we originally were going to finish with Joker. Yes. Uh, from Hell and Joker yep. were, were the two cop, top contenders for en- ex- uh, ending the season. Um, but and in the way playing that, hit and yeah. and in the way that we Scheduling. asked our guests their availability, it just did not work out that way. We would have had to delay the season for upwards of three or four months, and we weren't willing to do that with the pandemic and everything else mm. going on. We just felt like people needed something, <laughs> and however we could contribute would be great. Um, but it is a little bit of whiplash. Um, I think the biggest this season was, oh, now I'm trying to remember the order. One day, in one day, we did Tank Girl and, is it Tank Girl and Venom in the same day? Tank Girl and... Yes. Yeah. Yes. We did Ooh, Tank Girl and Venom very in the same different. day. And the yeah. Venom episode, oh, we did um, Dark Origin, Venom Dark Origin, which is all about Eddie Brock's upbringing, and it deals with like a lot of serious, difficult stuff. Abuse so, and neglect, and yeah, yeah. right. And so we we kind of went, and and it was it was the same day that we recorded those. We read them, you know, however we chose to, but yeah, it was okay. We're doing Take Girl, we're having fun, and then turn around and here's Venom. Yeah. <laughs> hey, emotional abuse. And, but it, uh-huh. I I think to answer your question. I think that, um, you know, as humans, uh, you know, not me, I live in the dark, but as humans, um, people people need to have that range. They need to have those happy, altruistic, bright, optimistic stories in their lives. So I don't, I don't think that, you know, it should be discounted because it is happy and light. I think that it, it, it has its own weight. Um, I will come out of the darkness for Big Hero 6. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, yeah, the, God, what's the, is that I mean, it can't honey lemon? Honey lemon's the one with the with the different balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, the when chemist. she is when she is like going off and and freaking out about science at her introduction, I actually looked over at Alex and Jen and I said, if Jen didn't have her whole gothic Morticia thing <laughs> and and it, she was just her love of science geeking out about that would stuff. be exactly who she is on yep. the d20 of jen's life <laughs> um yeah i guess that's a really good question Elise. um i i approach everything with humor um and it's amusing to me because the darker things are the darker my humor is to counteract it so when it comes to things like big hero six like i will still crack jokes at the screen and things like that but i i don't think i was I think my darkest jokes were when T.J. Miller was yes, saying something. Yeah, yeah, um, because and that, that nothing, was, and that had nothing to do with the story, right? But but I suppose it is funny to watch me like watching like a horror movie, and the comments that I make to that are generally a lot more horrible than if I'm watching like yeah, Disney's I, Robin Hood. I remember you know? when we were watching. Um, Final Girls. Final Girls. Yeah. Yeah. The commentary during that was much more horrible. <laughs> right. Good movie, by the way. Yes. Uh, if anybody ever wants to see somebody do a strip tease on Adderall, Final <laughs> Girls. <laughs> Sold. Oh, God. It's so good. It's so good. It's so funny. I've been on a horror movie kick lately, and, and my jam is uh, comedy horrors. And I have found some just amazing ones. And they're they're so good. Anyway, uh, all right, panel. Any other questions? All right, would uh, Elise? 
having read this manga, I'm not sure. I believe that there are more after this. Would you keep reading this? Yes. I think it's a very nice example of a manga that makes its message really clear from the get-go. This is not a dark manga. It has dark elements. Mm -hmm. And I think most good stories have shades of darkness or shades of light in it. But it is very clear that this is a nice, really friendly, really kind really beautiful story that isn't just bleakness until the end of time or light until the end of time. And I would happily rewatch the movie. I'd reread this manga. I'd revisit these characters. I'd revisit these experiences. And when I saw the Big Hero 6 world in Kingdom Hearts 3, well before I read the comic, or read before I read the graphic novel, the well, before I read the manga, I <laughs> was overjoyed. I was sitting there the entire time just with a big smile on my face and being like, yep, this is a good day. Bear? Um, while I enjoyed the story, I definitely would not read a physical copy right. of this any anymore. Um, that was just super frustrating to me. And I, I get, you know, working outside your comfort zone and all that stuff, but it... it uh, Considering I never, I never caught on throughout the entire book. Every four or six pages, I kept screwing up and starting to reread. Re you know, go back through the book the way a Westerner would read it. Um, and I think you did that because you were starting to get invested in the story, so you started to go on autopilot. I, it's entirely possible. That's entirely possible. I mean, if it was in a digital format, I'd probably do it because I wouldn't have to fight with that. You can flip it. Yeah. 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 Um, now, what I keep reading, eh, it was all right. Like, I, it was an enjoyable story. I don't know that it'd be one of those things that, like, if I was walking through, you know, game store, comic store, whatever, and saw the next one that I'd be like, oh, I should really grab that. But, you know, if it was on your shelf and I was hanging out, I might grab it and read it. Uh, the thing that I'd be really actually interested in was the the Japanese stuff. <laughs> the Sunfire. Yeah, the Sunfire um, just sounds really interesting to me when you're just rattling off the characters. So I was like, that sounds a lot more entertaining. It seems like it's the, you know, the, the less kid-friendly version of everything that we just were talking about. Jen? I'm really curious about the the world because it doesn't really talk about why it's not just San Francisco. It does. Does um, it? In the okay. kind of, yes. Um, there was a large earthquake um, that the United States itself could not handle. And so engineers from Japan came over and helped in, in the rebuilding of the city. And so that's why they ended up renaming it um, okay. as, an, as an honor to honor the, the okay. other country that had come over and helped them. All right. Well, that makes sense to me then because in, in the movie, I'm like... No explanation. No explanation. Also, why aren't there more Japanese people? Right. If it's not just San Francisco, why are there so many Caucasian people in this city? Right, yeah. So, yeah. Because whites thank ruin you. everything. Oh, <laughs> Sounds about white. Ah. <laughs> Um, I actually probably, it won't be the first thing on my list, but I might pick up more of this. And that's a lot for me to say about a manga. I'm not generally a manga or anime um, type of person. They have to really catch me. I don't I, mind anime, but the, reading the manga, not so much. But the thing, the thing that really got me in the manga was... Tadashi's fate is left open. Um, instead of dying in the fire in the movie, he falls into the portal, um, a portal. Mm -hmm. And so that leaves it open to, again. Oh, that's what, what I asked. And you said he died. Well, 
Everybody thinks he died. He fell into the portal. Okay. Well, okay. So I guess that's a question that I have that I should have asked before. Is Abigail Callahan in the manga? Callahan's not in the manga. So Tadashi is serving as the Abigail that goes into the, through the the portal. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, on that note, uh, Elise, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, It has been truly wonderful to, to, hear your lovely voice and to hear you get excited about Big Hero 6. I love Big Hero 6. It's so good. (laughs) Uh, And uh, hopefully we'll get out to San Francisco again and be able to do lunch and and hang out. You mean San Francisco, I think. I do. Yes. I do. Yes. San Francisco, where they have amazing ice cream and uh, a wonderful burger joint. (laughs) More than and maybe, one. And maybe we could actually go to the sushi place this time. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh my God. That's right. We were going to go to the sushi place. But we went to that awesome cafe. I loved it. Yeah. It was so nice. Y'all, log- uh, y'all walked in and I remember Josh being like, yes. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, a little housekeeping. Uh, first of all, this is the penultimate episode. Next episode will be our last for season three, and we will be doing Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, and Jen's uh, child. child will be joining us. Yes. Ashley, will Ashley be joining. will be joining us, and Ashley will be schooling us. That's I just, true. I just hope you all realize that they are when they know something. Holy cow! Get out of the way. Right, listen, it's, it's not my first time being schooled by them. That's <laughs> true, and we'll tell that story. That's yes, a brilliant will. story. At least it was awesome having you here. Give your your expertise. Um, And then the last point that I have is after we are off the air for this, we will be sitting down and deciding our 12 episodes for season four. Season four. Stay tuned. Holy cow. Who knew? I know. So tune in next (laughs) week. will get worse. And so will the commentary. Tune in next week to find out what those 12 uh, episodes will be and um, how you can contact us to be a guest for one of those episodes. Until next time, take it away, Vandella. But you don't want to see my back